Good morning, Orchardville Church. So good to be here with you guys today. Love being here. So thankful to be here. Um, and some of you are wondering why in the world is Rick walking around with an umbrella? Well, I'm, I'm just getting ready for the rain. We had some yesterday, um, but I'm not talking about weather this morning. I'm getting ready for the rain of the Holy Spirit that's going to come in this place. The former and the latter rain together, and there's an old song, I'm not talking about the weather, it's the Holy Ghost rain, and it's going to fall on our church. Again. So, actually, if that's going to happen, you know, I got to thinking about this little prop this morning, if that's going to happen, I don't really want this, you want this? You can have it, because I just want God to pour and rain down on me, and I don't want to stop it. Amen, church? So this morning, we're going to be talking about dry seasons don't last forever. Woo, I can't wait. Dry seasons don't last forever. We're going to be in 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 41 through 46 in just a few minutes. Um, I just want you guys to know that every time I stand on this stage, it is a privilege and an honor to speak what God lays on my heart. Um, I'm not the most eloquent speaker. I'm not the most intelligent speaker. And I'm okay with that. I do know that I don't ever want to just get up here just to talk. I don't ever want to get up here just to be heard because I have a platform to stand on. I want what I share with you guys to be from the Holy Spirit for the time we're in now. I want to be led by him as I speak. And if I use hick words or whatever I use to get it across, that's the way I am. And I want it to be from the Lord. I don't want to just get up here and talk just to be talking. I want to give what God lays on my heart through the Holy Spirit. So I, I count that as a privilege and honor to do that. Um, and I'm ready this morning. Let's pray real quick. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your presence that we already feel in this place, God. Lord, when we come in in unity, when we come in with a heart that's ready to worship and a heart that's ready to pray, it praise and a heart that's ready to, to, to pray and receive what you have for us this morning, God, that changes things in the room. That changes the atmosphere, Father. And I pray right now that everyone has ears to hear, Father, and hearts that are open to what you want to speak to them this morning. And God, let us all know that dry seasons don't last forever. And you want to rain down on us this morning, Father. We praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Now, I know I'm not the only one, but have you ever been in a dry season spiritually? I mean, you're just like, man, I can't feel God. I don't know what's going on. I, I, I try to worship. I just can't worship. I try to read my Bible. I just, I'm not getting anything out of it. I try to pray, but nothing comes out, which he still hears, by the way. You know, I try to do these things, but I just, I'm just stuck. I'm in this season where I feel spiritually dry and I don't know what to do about it. I'm here to tell you this morning, don't be alarmed, it happens to all of us. We all go through these moments, these seasons, where we feel like God is really distant and he's left us and we don't understand how do I get back to where I wanna be with God? How do I get back to where I wanna be?
Again, this happens to everyone. It's happened to me throughout my life. I've had these moments where I'm just like, what am I doing? Where are you at, God? What's going on in my life right now? And I know in our church, some may look from the outside and say, we've been in a spiritually dry season for a little while, but I promise you the rain's coming. The rain is coming. And I don't say that lightly. I say that through much prayer um, and time alone with God that he has not done here at Orchardville, pouring out his spirit on all people and that he's going to do mighty, great things throughout the people of this church and people that aren't even in this church yet. So 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 41 through 46. I'll bring this a little closer every year. Elijah prays for rain. Then Elijah said to Ahab, go get something to eat and drink, for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. So Ahab went to eat and drink. But Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel and bowed low to the ground and prayed with his face between his knees. Then he said to his servant, go and look out toward the sea. The servant went and looked, then returned to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything. Seven times Elijah told him to go and look. Finally, the seventh time, his servant told him, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. Then Elijah shouted, hurry to Ahab and tell him. Climb into your chariot and go back home. If you don't hurry, hurry, the rain will stop you. And soon the sky was black with clouds. A heavy wind brought a terrific rainstorm, and Ahab left quickly for Jezreel. Then the Lord gave special strength to Elijah. He tucked his cloak into his belt and ran ahead of Ahab's chariot all the way to the entrance of Jezreel. Turn to your neighbor this morning. I love doing these little things sometimes. And tell them dry seasons don't last forever. That was decent, I guess. Some of you chose not to participate because you're too cool for that, but that's all right. Dry seasons don't last forever. Um, Some context in this story prior to what I just read. Um, Elijah had prophesied back in chapter 17 that there would be no rain or dew on the land until he said so. He had let them know that the drought was there, it was going to happen, and this drought, you know, was a big deal. But through it all, what I find awesome too is that, you know, Elijah prophesies this from God to the people, to King Ahab, who was evil and doing things he shouldn't have been doing, um, and leading the people of Israel down that path too. But God, through this drought, provided for Elijah the whole time, through different means as you read the story. And... Elijah had went and even had this little competition with the prophets of Baal and showed them who the one true God was. That happened right before what I just read. He had let them know who the one true God was by calling fire down from heaven. Um, And then, you know, it was bad news for those prophets of Baal after that. But that's what happened leading up to this moment right here. So three and a half years, it was not going to rain. It was not going to have dew on the ground until Elijah spoke. And here we are afterwards, reading in this, in 41 through 46, and Elijah speaks about the rain. And he tells him, Ahab, there's a mighty rainstorm coming, and again, again, Orchardville Church, I believe the rain is coming. I believe the rain is coming to Orchardville Church. And 
I think it's going to rain hard. And not just here. I believe other churches, I think there's, and I've talked to a, a guy in Wayne City about that, this, but there's something going on in Wayne County um, with a hunger and a passion and a stirring for, for God to be moving in his people. It's not just happening here. It's happening in other churches. It's happening with other groups of people. God is doing something. And I'm telling you, we want to get on board with it. We don't want to be left standing as a spectator and wondering, why didn't we get to be a part of this? Because he's stirring something up and he's about ready to rain down on us. So he tells Ahab there's a mighty rainstorm coming and he hears it before he sees it. He hears it before he sees it. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And Elijah knew God. He had regular conversation with God. He knew the promises of God, so he stands on that promise. He knows he hears the rain coming. And, and some of us, we might get in the middle of a battle or a drought, and we can't stand on anything because we don't know what the promises of God are for us inside this book. So we have to know these. We have to stand on these. When those droughts come, when those trials come, when those problems come, when, when things seem really bleak, we have to be able to stand on his word and what he spoke over us. So Ahab goes to eat and drink and Elijah comes, climbs up to the mount, top of Mount Carmel and bows low to the ground and prayed with his face between his legs because he knows what he heard, because he knows the word of God and he's about to put his faith into action. And he says to the servant, go and look out toward the sea. So the servant looks out and comes back and says, man, I don't see anything. And I like to paraphrase things to get it on my level. I don't see anything, Elijah. You're crazy. And he tells him to keep going back and keep going back seven times to go back. And then he says, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. And that's all Elijah needed to know that that was going to come to pass, that the drought was going to be over. That's all he needed. That's seven times. And, and you might say, well, Rick, that's, that's just a small cloud. And, and especially if you've never even heard this story, that's just a small cloud. What's that going to do? How's that going to end a drought? Um, I think you guys had a pastor here that said, do not despise small beginnings. And there were probably naysayers when the church started. Uh, that's just a little building, a little basement building over there. What's that going to do? <laughs> well, look at what God can do and look at what God has done over the years here at Orchardville. Do not despise the small beginnings. Um, stay faithful. You know, if God's doing something small in your life, stay faithful to what he's doing and watch how he multiplies that. Watch how he turns that into something bigger in your life as you stay faithful to him, like Elijah was here. Elijah shouted, hurry to Ahab and tell him, climb into your chariot and go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. It'll rain too hard for your chariot to get through it. Get home. Soon the sky was black with clouds. A heavy wind brought a terrific rainstorm, and Ahab left quickly. Again, dry seasons don't last forever. And again, this, this particular season was three and a half years. That's a long time if you think about a drought. That's a long time if you think about spiritually being, and there's people that, that go through life that have known God and walked away from God and they're in years of a drought spiritually in their life. There are people in this room today that may be in a drought right now spiritually. 
that you are what I explained in the beginning, that you find it hard to read your Bible right now. You find it hard to pray. You find it hard to just get into the presence of God because you're spiritually dry. And you're not sure how you got there or how it happened, but you can get through it. Just keep holding on, keep doing the right things that you're supposed to be doing. And that's a great story here in 1 Kings 18. It's a great story. But people want to know, how can I overcome the spiritual drought? You know, it's, it's great that that happened and you're correlating it with droughts in our own life, but how do I get through it? How do I get through this drought that I'm feeling? How do I f- feel God again? How do I know God's with me again? How do I sense his presence again? Because right now I'm really dry. So I want to go through a few things, a few ways to get through it. And the first thing I want to talk about is when you go through a spiritual drought, how you respond to that is going to have a hand in determining how long you're going to be in it. Um, how long was Israel supposed to travel to reach the promised land? 14 days. How long did it last? 40 years. Because they didn't respond well to what God had for them. Okay? Um, they didn't respond well to, oh, we've got to go and we've got to travel and we've got to do this to get to the promised land. And it ended up being 40 years for them. How are you going to respond when the droughts come? And again, they will come. If you say, I, I've never had that, Rick. I'm the perfect holy Christian. <laughs> the droughts will come. They will come in your life. Um, your response again to it will determine how long you're going to stay in it. Don't don't make the drought last longer because of wrong spiritual choices that you make in the midst of it. Amen. I mean, if, you, if you're in the midst of a drought, and I know you don't feel good, and I know things aren't going your way, but don't make decisions that are going to prolong what you're going through. Right. And you see that all the time when somebody's down, when somebody's out, they just start making bad decisions. Right. And before you know it, a drought that maybe wasn't going to last as long as they thought has prolonged even longer and longer and longer because of choices they made yeah. while they're in the midst of it. Another thing, and I, I just hit on this earlier, you need to know the Word of God. Um, God's helping me with memorizing things and, and putting scriptures in my heart. I can't tell you where things are all the time exactly, but I know they're there. I can speak them. may not be able to quote where they're at, but I can speak them. And as long as I keep storing those things up in my, in my heart and in my mind, that's what comes out of me when I get ready to go through a drought. I know the Word of God. I know I'm not going to stay in this place forever. But this season's not going to last forever because of what's in here and what I've stored up in here. When Jesus was led in the wilderness to be tempted to go through this dry season that he went through, what was the one thing that he used to combat the enemy? Man does not live by bread alone, but by the word of God. He knew that. And he clung to that. If you're in the middle of a spiritual drought, you have to rely on the scriptures and not on your feelings. Feelings, while you're down, will take you to a bad place mentally and physically and emotionally if you just depend on your feelings. When we go through these droughts, you can't focus on how you feel. You've got to focus on what you know. Because um, you're not always going to feel the best. You're not always going to feel the presence of God, but you've got to know 
what his promises are to you. When Job was going through all that he went through, he didn't say, I feel that my Redeemer lives. He said, I know that my Redeemer, I know who God is, and he's not going to just leave me in this drought. I'm going to make it to the other side of this. Know the Word of God. Another thing, how many, how many of you in here, be honest again, have had a sense that God feels silent at times? should be a lot of hands go up, um, that I, I just don't hear you right now, God. I don't understand. I, why are you being so quiet? Why won't you speak to me in this? Again, I've been there. I understand that. Did you abandon me? But I've also learned something else over the years. God's silence is not God's absence. Just because God's being silent doesn't mean that he's being absent in your life. And we have to realize that. You know, there's a, you guys have heard this saying before that the teacher is always quiet during the test. Um, when, you, when you're in school, you can't raise your hand and say, teacher, I, I don't know the answer to this one. Can you help me out and show me? They're not going to tell you. They're going to expect you to take what you've learned to take what you've learned throughout the class and apply it to take the test. And I think sometimes that God sends tests our way. And again, he remains silent, but it doesn't mean he's absent. And he expects us to take what we've learned, what we've studied, and apply it to that situation that we're going through. And a lot of times we forget, oh yeah, there's promises in the word about this. And just because I feel like God's silent doesn't mean he's absent. I have this to, to fall back on. Amen. He's not left me. He's not abandoned me. Use what you've learned to pass the test that you're going through. Use what you've learned to pass the test. And when the, guess what? When the test is over, your teacher in class at school speaks to you again. When the test is over, whatever you've went through, whatever drought you've went through, when that's over, God speaks to you again. And you learn from that experience. And it's, it's always, it's about learning. I went through this, and then I can, what's so cool about learning things is then I can go back and recall God's faithfulness. I went through this. I, I went through uh, cursing God in a waiting room because my son was born with some heart issues. And God's taught me, well, you saw through that I was with you. I was faithful to do what I said I would do and, and remember that again as you battle this next thing. I've been with you through so many, I can, I can just go off and name things for 24 hours of what God's brought me through and what he's helped me with. And I lean on what I've learned through his word and through his faithfulness when I face a drought that I know it's not gonna last forever. Even if I feel like he's silent. Another thing when we go through these droughts, can't stress this enough, to keep going. Don't camp out in that place where you feel like, I, I'm just dry, I'm dead, I have nothing. Don't camp out there. David said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Through, he didn't stop and say, oh, I'm here, this is, my, this is what I've been dealt. He said, when I walk through it, keep going. It's so easy when we get down and we feel like we're alone and we're struggling with things just to quit and give up. 
And you see that in the church. Somebody may struggle with something. Part of that's our fault for not discipling them and making sure they know this before they jump headfirst into the salvation and Christianity and all this. We need to disciple them and let them know you're going to face things. When those things come up, you need to be able to stand on these promises and don't quit. We're satisfied with getting them saved, but we don't want to show them how to sustain that. Don't quit. Don't dwell in the dry seasons. And sometimes all you can do is just stand and, and, and just get through it. That's all you can do. But don't quit. Don't give up. Keep seeking God in the middle of it, even when you don't feel him. Like I talked about earlier, keep seeking him. Those who hunger and thirst after righteousness will be filled. God recognizes hunger and he rewards those who seek after him. He rewards that. So keep seeking him. Keep hungering after him. Also keep serving. Keep serving. To me, if I'm in a low point, doing something nice for somebody else picks me up. It just helps me to help somebody else. That does something to the inside of you. So keep serving. Suffering is no excuse to stop serving. Well, Justine, I'm going through this, and you know, I'm going to call in and not serve for a little while. Why would you do that? Keep serving. When I serve, I find purpose. When I, when I do things for people, I'm sharing the love of God with people, and, that, and that's my purpose, to make him known and to share his love with people. Don't use that suffering as an excuse to stop volunteering, to stop ministering to people, or to stop helping others. You know, Joseph had to interpret other people's dreams instead of seeing his fulfilled. He's got to do things for other people while he knows what the dream was put inside of him. It hasn't come to pass yet. He's still got to interpret other things for people and look at their dreams. Jesus, walking around healing people and doing miracles and, and, and sharing the gospel with people, has others ridiculing him and making fun of him and the Pharisees and Sadducees all talking against him, but he didn't, keep, he didn't stop serving he kept doing it. You know, some people have stopped serving because they feel like, well, I'm being a hypocrite if I just keep serving and I'm in this dry season right now, God. So I'm just going to stop serving. You want me to serve when I don't even feel like it, Rick? Yes, I do. There's many times I've walked back there in youth and the inside, I'm, in, I'm destroyed and hurting and sad and going through stuff. But that's not their fault. That's not people in the church's fault. God's called me to do what I'm supposed to do, so I'm going to do it. Whether I have to put this, you know, there's, there's another message in there about putting a mask on. I'm going to walk in there with everything I have, no matter what I feel inside, because I know God's still good. Amen. And I'm going to keep doing what he's called me to do. Yes. Keep serving. Don't allow that dry season to, uh, to allow you to stop serving. Another thing we need to remember when we go through things in these dry seasons, it's very important, is, is to not make decisions when you're in these low seasons and these dry seasons. Don't make your decisions on things that are important while you're down. Because those emotions and those feelings and those things going on in your mind that you have at that point will make you make the wrong choices. Wait until you come out of that season and your spirit's renewed before you start making any kind of big decisions. 
When you're broken and shattered, that is not the time to decide major things in your life. And finally, I think these spiritually dry seasons can give us a spiritual fruit out of them called patience. That I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be patient in this and I'm going to continue trusting what God's told me in his word. I'm going to continue to look back on things he's done in my life and I'm going to be patient. That's a hard thing for us as Christians because we know how God can move just like that. Or we know that God over time changes things for the good. So I believe we have to be patient, develop that fruit of patience, and wait until the Holy Spirit breaks through in that season you're in. Just be patient. The rain's coming. Be patient. The rain's coming. I know how hard it is to go through these dry seasons. And again, I feel like there may be people in this church this morning that are dealing with this. Um... I've talked to some people recently that are dealing with this, that you know, I just, I'm just not where I need to be, and I know the things I need to do to fix it, but right now I'm just in a dry spot. I just want you to know this morning that the rain is coming. Amen. That the rain is coming. Amen. The Holy Spirit rain's coming to get you out of that, that dry spell that you're in, that dry season that you're in, that it's not gonna last forever. Just keep holding on, just keep doing the things that God's called you to do and believe that he's going to come through for you. Our praise team would come back up. You guys will stand and bow your heads this morning. Dry seasons don't last forever. As you guys bow your heads and, and we get ready to enter into a time of, of worship and prayer. As you know the word of God, you'll be able to hear the rain before it comes. You can pray in faith before you see the miracle come to pass. Elijah knew this. God gives us, he gives us his word and then he calls us to pray that word. And Father, this morning, God, I just pray that you give us spiritual ears to hear the sound of the rushing rain in the midst of the drought that we might be in right now. Lord, we need to come out of this dry season. God, you are the living water. When you rain down on us, Father, it's your living water that, that puts life back into us. And Lord, these small beginnings that we see in our life can, can lead to mighty moves in you. And God, I know, I know in your eyes the provision's already there. And we just have to keep making right choices. We have to keep doing the things that we know we're supposed to do until we see that drought come to an end. And Father, I just pray for people right now in this congregation that are going through this right now at this very moment. And Father, I pray right now that we dig down deep and we cling to that faith that makes us believe in who you are. That we would cling to that right now this morning. 
If you're in a dry season this morning, I'm, I'm going to encourage you to pray, to come up here. For you to come up here and know that the rain's coming. If you're dealing with something and you, know, you need prayer for something this morning, maybe it's not a dry season, but you have another need. Maybe you need healing in your body. You need God to, 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 to do a miracle in your life or in your family's lives. I want you to come this morning and pray. For those of you that are in a drought right now, you're not alone. I want you to know that this morning. You're not alone. God is right there with you. This church is right here with you. And he wants to bring that rain into your life. Saturate you and soak you with his presence. So Father, right now, as we enter in this time to worship and prayer, God, I just pray that you're pulling on hearts, that your Holy Spirit is convicting people. Lord, that they would not just sit there and stay in their seat in this dry season. Lord, if they're in that spot right now, that they would respond to you this morning. And Lord, and in faith, you would pour out your rain on them today. Lord, we receive that this morning.